0: Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi everybody, I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. let's do this thing. Hey girl. How are you? I am good. It's great to see you.
1: It is so good to see you. It's so funny. I was just thinking about you the other day and um, aside from listening to all your podcasts and everything, which has been wonderful to hear your voice for sure. Thank
0: you. So, Thank so. you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been seeing your voice, your Giants. My giants, yeah, yes. they're six
1: feet tall now. Can you believe it? Both of them. My thirteen-year-old is six foot tall.
0: Oh my oh, goodness, crazy! Yeah, they're, they're taller. Crazy. How tall is your husband? They're taller. He's six two. Six okay, now, well, I think they've okay. So they're gonna out, yeah, they're, outgrow get there. both of you.
1: That's their plan. Well, they have far surpassed me already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, I saw that in one of your photos, so I just laughed.
1: I know I'm like the shrimp of the family, and I'm not short. I'm five. I know.
0: 40, you know, so.
1: <laughs> but I look like a teeny mama. Yeah.
0: Right. That is so cool. Your waterfall behind you. Just.
1: That's because I have teenage boys. You never know what might show up behind my screen. <laughs> I've learned when I work and work, especially when they were still doing school at home, you know, right. they don't always wear all their clothes. What? That, is, like, that is very true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then thank you for safeguarding me and putting the waterfall picture behind you.
1: Absolutely. So you'll just see my hair kind of cutting in and out,
0: but that's all right. <laughs> it's all good. What's happening with you? First of all, it's been, I don't know A how long, long it's time.
1: been. I think the last time we connected, like, in person, it was somewhere around my, I remember the reason, so it was somewhere around my ninth anniversary, and we just celebrated our 17th anniversary, so oh it's been some time, yeah, uh, been some kind of time. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, life is busy, and it, it yeah. takes us in many places, it doesn't mean you're not in my heart, and I'm <laughs> not in
0: yours, so very there true. you go. Very true, very true, well, tell me about life, because I know it's, it's been all over the map.
1: It has been all over the map. And I will say, true to form, God loves to keep refining people, right? So every, it's always, a, you know, Jared used to say um, about every six months, something major has to kind of uproot in my life. And, you know, right. that has been kind of true to form, even though we've stayed in the same house the whole time, there's always been something. But I think probably the thing most relevant to what you're doing, I think that kind of came to my mind and heart was it's a little bit of a long story getting there, but the, yeah. but um, just goes to show, like, I remember I was going to the gym one morning, and I go really early in the morning, and I stopped at a stoplight thinking about and praying about my friends, and they were, someone were going through some pretty serious stuff, you know, and I remember going, wow, for the first time of my life, like, I'm the one that's, like, on the even keel, like, things are going well, right. and I literally stopped for a second when, oh, crud what's (laughs) gonna happen (laughs) like that's not good and it was not but six days later that we got a phone call from my mother-in-law who had been sick over the years and that's a whole story in and of itself and she she essentially she had adopted my husband's three nephews long story kids taken away from the mom everything but of the three two were very special needs one was schizophrenic and the other has now we know for sure is bipolar mania and some other things and he um she had gotten cancer about three years prior to calling us that day Mm -hmm. and um had gone through a bunch of chemo and everything and beat cancer and uh but when that happened there was the one child left and he was not yet 18 his name's joey Mm -hmm. and um we we were like, who's going to care for him? You know, because her husband was much, much older also and right. under, uh, in poor health. And so at that time that she had called, he had already a year ago gone under a quadruple bypass in the hospital. And he went under so long, he really never came back. So he was Oh wow. didn't know who anybody was or anything. So he was in assisted living and gone. Meanwhile, she has all these kind of leftover symptoms from cancer and all sorts of stuff, trying to raise him on her own. But she, um, she's a very proud, typical Italian mother mm-hmm. and um, a little bit of a hoarder. And so she really didn't let us in. And I was like, who's going to care for him? It's going to fall on our shoulders. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this. Well, right. her thing was she had, she had called me about six months before and said, I think I'm dying. And yeah. I'm like, well, Yeah. And she said, The cancer is back. I know it's back. I think I'm dying. And she wouldn't tell anybody else, but she said, Can you come down and meet with me? And we'll go through kind of some of the stuff with Joey. Mm -hmm. And I said, Sure. And then she never would connect. And so it was just kind of hanging out there, knowing this would happen one day. But her thing was, because she had adopted him, he was a ward of the state basically after he turned 18. And so she's like, No matter what, I'm going to get this kid graduated. He's going to be 18. And then I don't need to worry about him anymore. And so the day she called was five days after he graduated and a month before he turned 18. And she said, I had to go to an ambulance in the hospital. I'm in the hospital and there's no one to care for Joey. And so we went down and picked him up. And the short story is she had stage four ovarian cancer Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: no chance for chemo, anything, nothing like that. And so we ended up Taking her into our home and taking Joey into our home and having to kind of deal with this whole thing she had not had him diagnosed appropriately he was not set at all. he turned eighteen and when they left because she didn 't want us to go into the house she didn 't bring anything well he didn 't have a social security card an ID card right. or anything and you can 't get a birth certificate without a social security card or an ID card and you can 't get an ID card without a birth certificate right. so Needless to say, there was a whole lot of stuff going on where I'm working full time. I changed wow. who I was reporting to, and that was a nightmare at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm caring for my dying mother-in-law, trying to get this kid set up with services. He loses all of his insurance, all of his insurance. he has. He's on antipsychotic meds. He has nowhere to go, no way oh to get them. Goodness. And so I'm like up to my head and <laughs> like, I literally couldn't breathe. You know, almost every day. It was just oh, yeah. enough to be able to breathe every day. And God totally provided it's that's a whole story in and of itself. But he right. is one hundred percent taken care of now. I went to lawyers and blah blah blah. And he's got everything now and he wow. lives a couple miles. He's he lived with us for about two years, but he lives around the corner from us now. He's got all the services, he's all set up and he is cared for. And we were able to care for Jared's mother. She decided to just do hospice and that was a real blessing for us because my kids had not really seen her or known her. He, they had seen her twice in their life, you know, mm-hmm. prior to her coming to live with us. So it was a real, real blessing to be able to do that. But it did take a huge toll on me right. and my work. And so the part that really is where I'm kind of getting to, so there's a ton of God sightings and a ton of God
0: in that story. <laughs> I and want or just go for broke.
1: <laughs> but, what, but what really has been on my heart about this is that in that time period, I was basically working from home, now COVID, that's everyone, but at the right. time that was very unusual, right. taking care of all these situations. And because I was at home, my, my direct supervisor, who is an executive of there Mm -hmm. had direct access to my staff and was not the kindest person we'll just put it that way in the way that he dealt with them and so when I came back I could barely breathe you know and just kind of like I couldn't be my normal self and um (laughs) right or wrong doesn't really matter how it all happened because of that I was different he was different and some of my staff experienced some things and they essentially ended up putting out false accusations about me because they knew, knew they couldn't take him down. And these were women that I had given my blood, sweat, and tears to who I had mm-hmm. called friends. And one, in fact, my husband married them, you know, he, he <laughs> did their wedding and all this stuff and, and they just completely sabotaged me and uh, still to this day
0: yeah. blows it's me away. emotional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. because. I never would have expected that. And particularly in this time, I'm like, I had been there for both of them through so many really bad times. And here I had like, my world was just a mess. And they took advantage of that situation that I couldn't be my normal self and really kind of jump in and kind of solve problems. (laughs) And so the short story uh, on that part was that they ended up bringing forth Um, a lawsuit and in order to deal with that uh, though my work did what businesses do and they were trying to figure out what to do they knew there was no credence to it but because Mm -hmm. there were a couple people that came forward and banded together they needed to do something and so what they decided to do was to restructure my role now this is a role that I had had for 18 years and given my heart And my blood and my sweat and my tears, too. I mean, there's nothing going on at that organization that I didn't have my hands in. Right. And they basically said what we're going to do. And we had planned on this, actually, a while ago. They were going to restructure my role and call it something else. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, they eliminated my position and were expecting to put a different position in place. And that was their way to get around kind of lawsuit stuff and things like that. And, (laughs) but when they said, we're eliminating your position, we hope you stay with us, blah, blah, blah. You have a certain number of days to think about this. Um, They didn't immediately offer me the other role that they were planning for me to take. I knew what they were planning, but I also knew that for four years I had been praying if it was time to leave.
0: Mm.
1: And I thought, you know what, this is amazing because I had... I was an executive, so I had an executive um, leave, right? Mm -hmm, So if mm -hmm. I were to leave the company, I would get a, a, whatever, a compensation package, right? And um, so I took the day and I came back and I said, thank you very much, but I'm done. And they were flabbergasted and I was scared to death. (laughs) I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. This is my whole, like, My work, the the reason I would go to work every day is not about career and that sort of thing, although there's an element of that. It's really about my purpose and my mission in life. I mean, I had a ministry going on there. I had like stuff going on. And more importantly, I knew that I was that voice for the underdog every Mm -hmm. single day. And so I, I didn't really love it. And I didn't feel like I was making a lot of progress. But I felt like if somebody had to do it. And so they were shocked. Um, And I said, nope, this is what I'm going to do. And Jared and I prayed about it and said, this is, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, it was interesting because it was right around when the Kavanaugh hearings were,
0: and -hmm. there was a
1: lot of false accusations going on at that point too. And my kids were like, mom, how can you handle this? These people were your friends and how do you do this? And I just said, you know what, this is God, this is not them. This isn't anyone else. I I have no idea what I'm going to do. And believe me, I was normally would be scared to death. But it was really interesting because he gave me a total sense of peace. And I said, I've got six months where I don't have to worry because realize I'm the sole provider for our family. Mm -hmm. So without my income, we got nothing, you know, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But we have six months to figure it out. And, And I said, there's no other way. God knows me. Like there's no other way I would have left. It had to be under these circumstances. But he's using it so that I can be a witness at work, you know, and I can also have to really rely on him. Right. But I also have, have six months leeway to really <laughs> figure this out and recu- and heal, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I needed to heal. I was so exhausted yeah. from all of what I had been through. And then to have this thrown on it, it was just so hurtful. But I tell you, the hardest thing was to not go to work every day and be spiteful and to take because I knew I was right and I was wronged in so many ways, not just by those two women, but the way that they treated me and the executive team basically said that later. They said, we really did wrong by you. And I said, Mm -hmm. yes, you did. Because Mm -hmm. of the way you treated me when you did this, it was completely disrespectful. And that's part of why I left. But it's also part of why I had been praying about leaving. Because I was feeling like I wasn't matching with the values of the company anymore and being able to bring value. But yet I had three months where I was at work every day and had to hold my head up high and still do my job. And I said, because they had given me three months, you know, before the severance Mm -hmm. and, and I, I, they said, you don't have to work, but if you want, I said, of course I'm going to, there are things that only I know how to do in this company and I will not allow other people's behavior to change who I am. I will hold my head up high and I will do my job and I will serve you well. And you know what? It is what it is. And you know, it was really interesting through that process there were a lot of people that came up to me later and said, wow, how did you do that? And it was literally totally just through the strength of God because every day I wanted to fight back. And uh, especially when I would see those people, you know, and, um, the really funny part about that was it came to two weeks before I was supposed to leave and uh I was like getting ready to pack all my stuff up and everything and something happened with the executive team and they went oh my gosh like no one in the company knows how to do what she knows how to do and <laughs> we have been for 18 years so used to her being here they're like who's gonna do this right. I'm like not my problem <laughs> you know and um <laughs> so they asked me to consult for them So, what was really funny is, so they were paying me severance, then Uh they had to pay me consulting, and I only got to work on the project I wanted to work on, and I didn't have to deal with any of the other crap that you have to deal with. I could come and go as I please, and I could look for a job while I had it, and part of the severance package is to have a career transition person with me, right, right? and so she walked me through that. So, I was getting paid twice while being unemployed (laughs) (laughs) and looking for a job, and uh, that was... So cool because I, like I said, I didn't know what I was going to do, yeah. and I will tell you that was the f- the first time ever that I haven't had a plan, you know. And and I think all I could think about was God's plan is always a better plan than mine. Right. This is totally His hand is all over this. I know it. He's protected my family. He's going to help us figure this out. But I have got to trust Him and just move one step forward every yeah. day at a time and just let him open the doors. And I tell you, it took, I had, I, I was working consulting until May. So my last day was like January 18th or something. Mm-hmm. And I was consulting until the end of May or the beginning of May. And my goal to God was I, I will, I promise I will do what it takes and trust you the whole way through. But I really would love to have a, a job offer in hand before I turn in my final computer badge you know and so I had six months where I was working it you know and I was right. like I still didn't know at all what I was going to do and I had all this stuff all over the place and as it turns out the day I turn in my computer I turned my computer in at two and by noon I had two job offers in my lap and um, and I had five by the next week I had five oh my job goodness. in my hand and what was really cool is uh I ended up totally moving industries changing completely so now I'm in a for-profit which I said I'd never worked for I'm Mm -hmm. in a totally different place and it's such a better fit for me as to who I am and where my career needs to be right now right right. but it was a total leap of faith because the other four roles were very similar to what I had done before and I knew I could go in with my eyes shut and do the job and get paid well and Mm -hmm. like not even have to be challenged you know and then there was this thing which again was a total risk. I moved into industry from healthcare and it was like a big risk because people just don't do that. And you certainly don't at the level that I was coming in. Right. They were taking a risk on me and I was taking a risk on them. And it was funny because I was battling between these two roles. And one week I had literally all five jobs were like the, sec- the last round of interviews within the week. And the last day was the, the place I'm at now. I was the last interview I had and when I walked I was driving in and I knew I was meeting with the executive vice president mm-hmm. and uh I was like I'm gonna have to know whether or not I want this job. Or take it or not. Right. And I was praying and I'm like, God, I don't I don't know what's right for my family because one of the jobs was with UC Irvine and like my kids could have gone to school for free and you know, all this stuff mm-hmm. and I totally could have done that with my eyes shut. And uh I was driving in and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I said, oh, crap. (laughs) I'm like, you want me here. (laughs) And I'm like, I know that's where I'm supposed to be, but it's going to take a huge risk. Mm -hmm. And it's going to challenge me in every Mm -hmm. way, shape or form. And I was like, of course. That's what God wants for me. Right. <laughs> it's a scary route, you know? Right. And so that's what I did. And uh, I joined the company um, a year ago, June, I would say. And what's really funny is during this time, the six months that we were, I was unemployed, essentially, we were really scared because we didn't know when I would get a job. Right. But we never stopped tithing. We never stopped giving back to God. Right. Every time we're like, we're just going to trust. He's going to take care of us. He's going to yeah. take care of us. And the really funny thing is the year I was unemployed, I have made more money that year than I had ever made in my lifetime. (laughs) And I'm like, I was unemployed for six months. How did that happen? You know, but God just totally took care of us. And then I have been blessed beyond belief, honestly, with my other coming. Being a for-profit is definitely different than working for a Mm non-profit, but God has blessed that as well, both emotionally and physically. And and financially, you know, right. it's been such a blessing, and what's really, really cool is that executive vice president that I went to meet that day, he and I clicked instantly, and we were, like, talking, and, like, later that weekend, I knew this job offer was going to come, and um, I was sitting in a play with my kids over Mother's Day, and his face popped. up, you know, like, if you have someone's phone number in Facebook, it, like, pops mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So he popped up and my son t- looks over and he goes, oh, that's so-and-so's dad. Like she's in my class. <laughs> and my other son goes, oh yeah, he's in my class. Well, our school, like the class is like 20 kids. It's not a lot of kids. There are 20 right. kids. It's a small private school. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? So my, <laughs> the executive vice president or now the COO and CEO parent kids I'll go to school with my kids like in their class Uh, and he's a totally godly man and like his wife's best friend is is our best friend down the street and all this stuff and I was like oh my gosh this is like so cool that I know that I'm in a place where I will be led you know it's a it's a it's led by godly men you know and Once I joined there, the the people that work with me, one of them used to be a pastor, the other one was like the leading PhD in some in the Book of James or something like that. So he had done that, and then this other guy was in music ministry his whole life. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm a good shape. I'm a good shape, (laughs) you know. So (laughs) so God has taken that. I mean, they're believe me, there's been struggles. Every you know, God always is refining you, right? There's other stories along the way, but but I will say. That one was, was probably one of the bigger personal tests, and um, it, it was pretty intense. Still hurts to this right. day. I mean, it, I the, the wound is still there, and it was really, really hard, Is but it was really cool to my kids ask me, like, Mom, how do you not get mad at them, mm-hmm. you know, and how yeah, do you yeah. not, because they knew them, right, and said, but you did this, and you did that, and I said, yeah, but they don't know God, right, and so... All we can do is pray for them, because if my not being vengeful to them is something that later will come right. to them to soften their hearts, then that's great. And if not, that's God. It's between them and God what they did. Right. He knows, we know. <laughs> right. um, and he, it's his to judge, not mine. And they said, but if I respond that way, then how am I any different? Yeah. And uh, that was a really cool time to be able to really share with my kids. And be an example for them. So it was just I'm happy on the other side, but it reminded right. me of your story a little bit as I was listening to your your living in your um one bedroom with your garbage right. bags, you know. So,
0: right. so I, yeah, that that's so awesome, but I I want to jump in. It's just um there's just so yeah. much there. I think about uh, your story has unfolded, which is beautiful to see. I mean, to end up with five job offers and all this wonderful stuff. And I'm thinking about the listeners that are going, if only, if only, you know, and there, when God makes a shift in our world, you know, whatever's going, your life is going along just smoothly. And then God shifts some things, (laughs) you know, and our natural response is to freak out. You know, we want to hold on to what we had. God don't shift my world. My world is fine. Please don't do anything. And he's saying, trust me. I have a better plan i know the direction i'm taking you so I, I know you found your way you know you found a way not to be bitter and i'm thinking about those people who have been lied upon and cheated upon and you know dispersed and all this stuff and they've been let go and they're still trying to find work and they're going mm-hmm. god where's my rainbow at the end of this whole thing What do you do to help someone um, who's on the opposite end? Your world shifted, but God, he redirected you pretty quickly. Their world's shifting, and they're trying to figure out, how am I going to pay rent? How do you you stay faithful? What what can we give to the listener who's like, I'm just trying to stay faithful and hold on. I'm waiting for, I know God is going to come through. I just don't know when he's coming through.
1: You know, what because I ran that risk, right? And it was totally a blessing that I didn't have to live it through. But right. we ran that risk and and I thought about that a lot. Like what what do we do? And I had to really reassess and look around and say, "You know what? Even if I'm in a cardboard box, yeah. If I've got God and I have my family, I have yet to see. There are some people that go without food. I, there, there definitely are, right? But there are also places that will provide food. So you may not eat every single day, you know, but very few people actually die of true starvation on the streets. You know, there's lots of other stuff that happens, but very few. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But God provides, I mean, he provides for the sparrows, he provides for the bird. And I just kept thinking about that. And I kept thinking, these things around me are trappings. They really, really don't matter. When push right. comes to shove, I don't want to move. I don't want to pull my kids out of Christian school. I don't want to, you know, I've I, I was, I, I've been very blessed. And my kids have their own challenges, right? And so I'm like, we just got settled. I see him growing, right. and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, is I just said, but you know what, if God pulls us that way, it's because he knows something different, something to protect me and my family from something else. And really, he's the only thing that matters. Right. And, you know, as long as I keep that faith, so it was a lot of prayer every single day, you know, yeah. just being deep, you know, i go for like deep. Prayer times, you know, our church has like a a room, you know, to go to, or, you know, sharing with other people. But um, I had to really surrender that and say, worst case scenario, worst case, we are on the streets. My kids are hungry, and I die. I'm going to heaven, then. And I'm like, I mean, that's really the worst situation is like, you know, and I'm like, and I will see my kids suffer. And that was the hardest thing. And I just kept, and every day I, I say, they're not mine, though. God gave me them to raise, but they're his, and he cares about them than I do. And so if he allows that, there's a reason. And I know this world is not in a good place. I mean, I'm going to get all preachy, right? But <laughs> but we're not in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. And my boys need to be prepared for what's coming. Not to say we don't, but my boys for sure need to be men of God because there are not going to be that many of them out there. Right. And I'm like, whatever it takes to make them stronger,
0: mm-hmm.
1: God put us through it, right? And I know that is a scary prayer, and yeah. you know me, I've, from day one, I know, be careful what you pray for, and that is why every six months, something major happens in my life, <laughs> because I prayed that, right. but then you get to see God's blessings in so yes. many different ways, too, and so when I could see my boys reacting, if we were on the streets, and they knew I didn't, I didn't cave and become what the world is, then who cares, right, right. and then we'll, we'll survive, and I know that sounds flippant, because I'm not in that spot, <laughs> But, you know, you've got to rely on other people and you've got to, like, get help where you can. It's out there. Right. It's, uh, and, and it's just, it's faith, you know, and God right. always comes through one way or the other. He always comes through. It may not be the way we want it to be, but he always comes through.
0: Right. No, that, that's beautiful. That's awesome. It's not flipping. And I, I know what you're saying, but basically what you're saying is we have to learn to trust God no matter what. You know no matter what we put these these uh, I don't know these these binders I guess for lack of a better word on on who God should be God I accept you in this realm but I don't accept you in this realm and He's saying it's up to me to determine really the realm in which you're going to be walking in. Will you trust right. me? Do you trust me if you're in a car living in a car or do you trust right. me if I have you li- living in a penthouse you know, it's not up to us to determine our trust for you will happen if I'm in agreement with it. Instead, God is saying, will you trust me? Will you surrender to me? I know in our transition, as we were moving from where we were to here, and I was praying for work, and I was like, you know, praying very specifically. And I had a couple of job that came job offers that came through, and I kept hearing God say, is this what you asked me for? And I'd be mm-hmm. like, well, no, not exactly. And he kept saying, do you trust me? I'm going, well, yeah, God. I had that same thing. <laughs> it was, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm like, oh, <laughs> same thing. And it's, I, I know. It. And it was, you know, at, at first it was like, well, no, not exactly what I want, but I trust you. And then as I started to get more desperate and that mm-hmm. question was still, do you trust me? I was like, well, yeah, God, but. Can, can we hurry this up? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, You know, but
0: I think so often our, is God revealing the condition of our faith. You know, he's saying, you keep saying that you believe in me. You keep saying you have faith in me. But when the rubber really meets the road, do you trust me? And in the difficult times, it's hard to answer yes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and truly stand firm to that. And that's what when I hear you say that is going. Do you trust me? Are you willing to surrender mm-hmm. your children to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. that's scary.
1: Yep, super scary. Yep.
0: <laughs> but I love what you're so, saying. You know, our world is kind of crazy. Not kind of. We're we're in a nutty place. No, it's, and our it's kids need to see what are we made of, mm-hmm. you know, because yep. they're going to imitate someone. They're going to imitate either what they see and freak out because everyone's freaking out or they're going to learn faith based on what they're seeing in us. So what they saw, wow, mom, how can you go to work and not be, you know, mean and nasty towards these people mm-hmm. who've been so mean to you. What they saw was a living example of what God wants for us, you know, and that can't do anything but help them in the long run. Yeah. So. Yeah, I
1: know what's really interesting is Nathan um, in particular, you know, he's been, I know I'm going longer, but he, he's been um, really uh, uh, got a good connection with God from day one. But he has his own challenges being with AFR and ADHD and that sort of thing. And so he's had like the weight of the world on his shoulders and kind of had a hard time. and. He uh, got baptized um, about two—I don't remember now—two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I think it's two years ago. And um, he—he was—he knew he had a relationship with God, but it was a little bit kind of legalistic in a, in a way. You know, it's right. like it was his approach and he's part of this ministry at church called mosaic and it is mm-hmm. truly that it was, it's like this group of misfit kids almost, you know, but it's <laughs> a beautiful thing because they're growing like crazy because everyone's accepted for who they are. Right. And, um, he, he loves to be there, which Nathan is, doesn't love social interactions, you know, <laughs> but one time they went out to the beach, which in and of itself is not a big, you know, is not a favorite place for him. And they walked on the jetty And the jetty the high tide came and they didn't see the sign that they weren't allowed to be out there. And this high tide came and knocked four of them, including Nathan, completely pulled them under and knocked them off. And they, he, they hit jagged rocks, everything. And Nathan said, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Like, and he started to panic, his normal panic self, which is understandable in the situation anyway, but he started to panic. And then he said, all of a sudden I just prayed. He's like, I don't have to worry. I've got Jesus. And he said, and then it was like this magical hand reached out and pulled me up. And it was a friend of his that (laughs) pulled him out of the water. But he said, my life has changed since then because I totally put my trust in God. And I know he's got me no matter what, no matter what. And He's like, mom, that was, you know, changed my life. And like to watch (laughs) that happen, you know, it's like all these things happening at the same time. I was like. God, you were so cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so cool. Because I'm like, and thank God I wasn't there because I would have freaked out watching my son <laughs> almost drowned. But um it was a great story afterwards, just like this one. It's a great right. story afterwards. Right.
0: <laughs> right.
1: But nothing so you know, was not Out much. of
0: the mouth of babes, God's got me no matter what. You know, yep. no, no matter, matter how high the danger is, God's got me no matter what. And like you said, and in the end, what do we have to lose? We go to heaven. Right. You know, that's the so, worst-case scenario, right? I <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's <cool. laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's only working for us, though, if heaven is real for us. You Absolutely, that is, that is Kai's true. always talking about we've got to make heaven real. For so many of us, heaven is just, you know, is this obscure mind, you know, just thinking, oh, it's just this place. But for yeah. Christians, we have to make heaven real because anything yeah. can happen on any given day, like walking out on the jetty yep. and all of a any sudden, day. you know, yep. you you're thrown into onto the jagged rocks. And if heaven is real, it keeps us from going into that state of panic because we understand what our destination is.
1: Yeah, you know, and interesting watching Jared's mom pass away, and it, you know, a couple of my really close friends, and then last year, one of my best friends' daughter died unexpectedly. Um, watching this happen to so many people, it's really been close, you know, to think, wow, that really can't, anything can happen any moment. And right. um, it's, it's funny, you know, the, the song everybody loves, I Can Only Imagine, mm-hmm. but I listen to that a lot and I really try to put myself and imagine that day. And I remember the day my very best friend passed away from breast cancer and I was driving away from her house and I knew she was within a day or two. And, uh, I had tried to have conversations with her and that answer of what happened is between her and God. That's all I can say, but I know I did what I could do, but I was driving away and that song came on and I thought, what an amazing feeling. No, if I knew I was in that place where I had fought the battle, I had done everything I could Mm -hmm. and I could do nothing else. And yes, my family's going to be hurting and there's all sorts of stuff, you know, but I knew that within a day or two, I would meet Jesus like for real,
0: mm-hmm. I'm
1: like, what an exciting moment, you know, and I was thinking, what would I do when <laughs> I get there, you know, right. and I'm, I know I'm that person who's just going to fall at his feet and cry. I just know that's what, mm-hmm. you know, what I'll do. It's like, it's this total, okay, I'm done. I don't have to fight anymore, <laughs> you know, and just because right. I'm a fighter, that's what I do, you right. know, and, and I'm a, and so um, it, that will be a great release.
0: Wow but, yeah, I'm imagine, I imagine I don't know what I would do. I would probably, like you say, you're a fighter, so you you know, I, I don't know. I think I would I'm a sing whenever I get deep into my feelings, I sing, you know, and, and yeah, when I was mm-hmm. with my dad as my dad was passing away, I leaned down and started to hum into his ear. You know, so I think I would probably start singing because it just it it it, the joy. It's the joy. It's the expression of emotion. So I don't know. I can only can only imagine. (laughs) Right, right. But yeah. But if we could truly imagine and make it real for us, it really helps making it through this life that we're living right now more bearable. And I really pray that. That would be a hope for so many because I feel like so many of us are caught up right now in the hopelessness, you know, in the worry and yeah. the hopelessness and the frustration and it's all going to be there no matter what. But if we... It's so easy yeah. to see
1: that right Right now. It's like this world kind of sucks. I mean, yeah. I hate to say it that way, but it's like it's harder and harder to see the overwhelming positive these days there are these moments right that you get but in general there's just this feeling and it just feels like the end is so much closer I'm sure every generation feels that way and we never know exactly when the end will come but boy does it look like we're super close you know and it just feels nasty you know but yet there's this these stories in that you know and you just got to look for God which is what I love what you're doing because you're these are God sightings every single day you know and they are there and that's the other thing my son is really into politics you know he's like very you know <laughs> black and white about a lot of things and and i tend to lean that way a little bit myself mm-hmm. but you know he's like mom how can you how can you deal with this and i'm like because the bottom line is it only matters. it's god's world it's yeah. his fight there's a whole big fight going on and all we have to do is our part which is share jesus with other people right. And that's through our love and through our example. And if we fall into all that stuff, then how are we any better than the world? You know. So, and then they're going to go to hell. You know, if we don't. <laughs> you know, it's like if, if we don't show something different, we're forgiven, right? right? And and I'm like, and thank God for that. But we want to take as many people with us, you know, Absolutely. as possible, and we need to be that light in the dark world. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I think especially it's- Especially when our life is dark. Especially when right? our life is dark. I just think this podcast is so, it's it's the work of God. You know, I yes. look at it and go, this has zero to do with me. I just get to talk to people. <laughs> but I think this is what we need right now. We need to know that no matter how crazy life is right now, God is still in control of it all. This isn't a surprise to God. You know, it's uh-huh. all within the plan. So if we can continue to see his hand at work, it helps us to glide through it, as opposed to fighting through it, you know? Yeah. And that's what I think God is just, we're either going to glorify God in this moment right now, or we're truly gonna make God's heart cry. And I pray that as Christians, we are yeah. all join together and do what it is that we all believe in, which is yeah. let me glorify God with my life. What if I made God smile with my response to those co-workers instead of making God cry by me being nasty to the co-workers because they were nasty to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just look at there Mm -hmm. are so many of us. I I don't know what the, you know, I don't know how many Christians versus non-Christians and I don't even care, but just think if everyone who called themselves Christian allowed God to be glorified through their lives right now. Mm -hmm. it would change the face of this world.
1: We need a revival and we're the only ones that can do it.
0: We need a revival. (laughs) That's why I'm staging a spiritual comeback.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I will, I'm going to correct you on one thing because you said it has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with you. And you have met some amazing women and more importantly, you have helped guide and disciple those of us, you know, who we've had the blessing to know you. So, We are the women that we are because of you also.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And for those who are listening, she has been my right hand, my left hands at different times. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, God, what do I do? Okay, call Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) So I thank you for taking this time. It is so beautiful to see your face. Like I said, I I see you and your kiddos at times say hello to Jared. I never see him, but I always see you and the kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) in different photos. So it is so good. Thank you. I'm so excited that things have worked out so wonderfully and that you said yes to God and made that switch Mm -hmm. and walked into that scary place that I'm sure Mm -hmm. you didn't necessarily want to walk into. Well, I'll
1: tell you, God's on a whole nother path and he's still refining me, but that's for a different day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's at, like I said, every six months, something new, right? Every six, okay.
0: <laughs> but every six months to be continued.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's another story coming. I'll tell you that right now. But again, wow. it's the same thing. You just trust God and he's got it, you know,
0: Right. And that's all that matters. So yeah,
1: he had a better plan. God always has a better he plan. He always has a better that's plan. That's my tagline.
0: God his always name. has a better plan. That's my tagline. <laughs> All right, girl. Well, I love you. It is so great to see you. I'm so super proud so of you, you and your family. So give my mm-hmm. love to yeah. your husband. Say hello to your kids. They won't know me because last time I saw them. They were teeny tiny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How about we don't make it eight years?
0: <laughs> yes. We won't Next make time. it eight years. Yes. We're going to have to make it six months because every six months something happens with <laughs> So six true. months from now, we'll We're talk again.
1: Okay, okay. Nah, we well, can do I would better like than hear that. What's going on in your life too, but yeah.
0: <laughs> we can do better but, than
1: that. I, I think about you and pray about you often, and, and you. Camille and a bunch of other people always ask right. about you, so um, it was just wonderful to hear your voice and to see you. So, yes, so. You.
0: All right, darling, I love you. Thank you for making this time for me, and I Absolutely. will see you later. All right. Bye, Bye girl. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening in. I hope you've been enlightened and encouraged. I want to say thank you to my incredible guest this week. And a special thanks to my music man, Mr. David Burnett Graham. Follow me on Instagram, everybody. And until next time, be on the lookout for the hand of God.